0: the story. What an innings this is. What are Unis'es being slaughtered? Couch Talk. Hello and uh, welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is a cricket commentator, a face synonymous with the Indian cricket commentary, Mr. Harsha Bogle. Welcome to the show, Harsha. Hi, Subhat. How are you? Doing quite well. So you were trained as a chemical engineer and a management grad. Uh, you have a degree in French. You're a motivational speaker. But how did this cricket
1: commentary career come about? I've been doing it for too long, Sivash, now. I'm, I'm, I'm almost an antique. I'm part of the woodwork, I think, now. So I started when I was 19 in Hyderabad. Hyderabad was a great place to, to start. You could get a break sometimes. Everyone knew everyone else. It was a bright kid who was, who was willing to hang there, hang in there all day waiting to get a chance somewhere then someone gave you a break. So it, it started there, and I, was, I, I did quite a few games till till TWI came in in 1993 and gave me the uh, opportunity to work on the Hero Cup. I'd done some work before that in, in Sharjah where I was recommended, and I was all, I'd also done cricket commentary in Australia where I had to send my, my cassette Luckily, like my father had recorded some interviews that uh, some commentary that I'd done on a Delhi Trophy game. Mm-hmm. So I sent that by registered post because we couldn't afford the uh, courier charges. <laughs> sent it by registered post to Australia. They allowed me to do a game and then they allowed me to do the rest of the season in 91, 92. And within the broadcasting fraternity word spread. So BBC World Service started using me a little bit. And then when CWI came to India and were looking for an Indian commentator, then there was someone who had uh, the basic broadcasting discipline already. So that that helped. And it also helped that there weren't a lot of cricket accommodators then. So it was possible to get a break for a young kid.
0: That, that's one of the main uh, questions from a lot of people. You know, This is from uh, Saurabh Malhotra. He wants to know, is there a space for a common man who loves cricket, who comes watching the cricket and is trained in media journalism to come through? Because right now the arena is dominated by ex-players.
1: I think so. I think Soros is a fairly prolific tweeter, isn't he? But um, no, I'm, I'm afraid the door's been shut. The door's been shut. I, I just, I just squeezed in before the door got shut. And I, actually, it's difficult for me to put it up front because if I state my views up front, people will think, yeah, you know, he, he's saying that because he's not a cricketer. But I, I very strongly believe that there are two aspects to, to broadcasting. There is the language, and there is the game, and and both should be measured equally. But increasingly these days, we tend to put a very, very low value on communication and a very, very high value on bio data. And as a result, you're getting people based on their bio data rather than on their communication skills. I can understand a, a, a Nasser Hussain, or I can understand a Shane Warne, a Nian Healy, a, a Michael Abbott. And Michael Abbott, in fact, has an ex- extremely good turn of phrase. N- Nasser Hussain is, is very professional. He states his view up front. Uh, communication, the language comes easy to them, both of them have been to university, are educated. I can understand. Where communication is fairly equal, then the person who's had experience out there in the middle has a far more compelling case. But far too often on the subcontinent we notice that it is your biodata rather than your communication skill that lets you in. And I, I feel I feel very, very sorry for, for young kids today who are never going to get a pick. So I mean, you you can become a news reporter, you can become a television anchor on a news channel, but for some reason, the world community has shut their doors on on bright young kids in the area of cricket commentary.
0: If you were to scan any of the tweets or or any of the social media networking sites, it's quite obvious that uh, fans are completely unsatisfied uh, with uh, quality of commentary coming from the ex-cricketers, especially from the subcontinent. Um, and there are, of course, commentators from abroad as well that uh, people are not uh, very happy with, the quality of their work. Uh, what are these television networks thinking? You know, Wouldn't they be serving the fans by actually having someone that is passionate about the sport and is good with the language, is communicating well with not only the, their uh, co-commentators, but
1: with the fans? I have no idea, Subhash, because I... I mean, if you realize I'm in a slightly vulnerable position, I can't bring the topic up because I'm the only one and I'll be seen to be saying, I'll look after guys like me, you know. So, because I'm the only one, I've got to tread very defensively on this ground. But all I tell people is that we're such a vast country, we're a country where there's a very lot of bright young kids that are brilliant, some very high quality newscasters, there's some excellent sports anchors. I said, there must be 5,000 people better than us in this country waiting for a break. But I, I mean, there's only. Bad, I, I can't go too hard on that because, uh, as, as I said, I'm in a slightly vulnerable position on that.
0: I'm sure when you grew up, uh, when you were, uh, when your uh, cricketing, commentating career was being formed, you know, you may have, you, you, probably had your idols who you looked up to and you wanted to emulate. When while you were in the box, um, do you feel aggrieved that the quality of commentary, uh, especially by TV? Um, has dropped significantly. You
1: yeah, know, my my I, I didn't have too many broadcasting idols to be honest. I I used to admire Anand Patel on the radio, and the first time I heard Tony Kozier, I said, Wow, this this is this is the man. And you know, just the other day, I was I was watching a very little part, a little bit of the West Indies Australia series, and there was Tony again, and I, I just felt brilliant. And and look at the respect that someone like Tony Kozier has garnered in the world of cricket from everybody. And it tells me that there must be another Tony Kozier somewhere. You know, there absolutely has to be a Tony Kozier somewhere. But does the new Tony Kozier get an opportunity? And that is my grouse with people, that if there are bright young kids out there, you have to give them a go. But uh, it's not happening, and, and to be honest, why I don't see this, uh, I I don't see this happen. I'm waiting for for a producer who's, uh, who's who's able to look beyond. But as I said, one one thing is absolutely clear, and one thing I have learned from being in broadcasting is that there isn't a substitute for experience out there in the middle. So if two equally equally good communicators, then I can completely understand why someone in the middle. I mean, I I hear someone like Shane one, for example, and. And I just enjoy listening to one. When, when Raul Dravid is talking cricket, or when Sanghakar is talking cricket, or, or like I did with Saurav Ganguly, I had a fascinating conversation with Saurav Ganguly a couple of days ago in, in Calcutta, and I just enjoy listening to them. So I can understand that if there is, if there is that kind of pedigree, yes. But primarily, uh, television is a, is a communication medium, and you have to be able to communicate with your audience.
0: Is it because cricket is seen as a more cerebral game? Because, you know, I live in the United States and I watch all the sports that's on TV and you always have one guy uh, who comes from a journalism background who's trained to be, you know, speaking on, uh, you know, television or radio. And then you have another guy sitting next to him, the color commentator, who comes from his experience having played the sport on the field. And that tandem works perfectly. I don't understand why TV producers would uh, compromise on that, you know, because...
1: I don't know. It still works beautifully on radio. I mean, I spent uh, uh, one and a half months in Australia doing radio commentary. I did four test matches, and it was the most beautiful broadcasting experience of my life. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, There were two or three of us doing ball-by-ball, there was, there was Kerry O'Keefe, who's, who's just a legend. There was Henry Lawson, Jeff Lawson, who's, who's excellent. Then we had people like uh, like Damien Fleming and the others who were a welcome addition in the commentary box. And it was always one plus one. It is a caller and a summarizer, a caller and a summarizer. I believe the caller and summarizer route works very well. Though in television, what's happened is because of the Benos and the Chapels, who are, who are very, very good commentators, who are, who are able to do both roles, the line between the caller and the summarizer has blurred somewhat with people playing almost the libero role, people playing both roles. So it, it's, it's very, very good broadcasters like those that have, bl- that have blurred this line, and then with good reason. Hmm.
0: So I'm assuming you prefer radio commentary because Anthony... Anybody would.
1: would. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to uh, tell people that I don't like television commentary. It's a different challenge. But for a broadcaster... Radio is an easier medium to broadcast on. Television is a more challenging medium. Radio is, is fun. It's like chatting with a group of friends, and everyone does that after dinner. You sit and chat, and you talk, and that's what radio is. It has its own discipline, and you, you can never get by in broadcasting without a very, very strong discipline to what you have to do. You can't miss a ball, for example. You can't miss telling people what has happened, happened on that ball. You have to keep giving them the scores. You have to put, to put the match in context. But in between all that, there's a lot of time for storytelling, for narration, and you become the eyes and ears of the person who's not at the ground. And that is such an honor. It is an honor to be the eyes and ears of someone who's not at the ground. You can never forget that. On, on television, you're not the eyes and ears because they're watching everything. So it's a completely different uh, format. So radio is, is a more fun format. Television is a more challenging format.
0: You played cricket at the university level, um, you know, at, in Osmania, and you follow followed cricket for so long. When, when you're doing commentary on TV, you have to talk about the other aspects of the sport. Have you ever felt uh, disadvantaged that you are not a former, you know, international player or one player, uh, when you're sitting alongside, say uh, Ian Chappell or uh, Sunil Gavaskar,
1: yeah, no, no, I'm not Subhash. i have not because I've always been very, uh, very aware of what my role in that box is. I, I will not comment on on a batsman's technique. I will not comment on the batsman's suitability to be in a particular position while playing the ball. What I can do is, if I notice that, if if, if I suspect he's not quite correct in the way he's doing. I it doesn't seem right, does it? And I will always get the person who has played that shot in that situation before to talk about it, because the moment I tread on somebody else's turf, then I am playing the game in 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 an, in an away situation. Whereas for me, the home situation is to be able to build the atmosphere, to be to be able to read through the numbers to be able to keep it lively, to be able to keep it chatty, but more than anything else, to be the representative of the common man, because finally the common man has to be represented. The entire telecast is aimed only at the viewer, and the viewer is not a test player. The viewer is a simple guy, the viewer is a housewife, the viewer is a working woman, the viewer is a retired the, the retired, the, the pensioner. So I try and play the role of the communicator to that person. And I facilitate the other people talking about the nuances of the game. That is not my area of strength.
0: Sana Kazmi from Pakistan, she's asking, uh, what has been... First of all,
1: I must tell you, I've I've exchanged a couple of tweets with Sana and she can be very sharp.
0: (laughs) And she is. Uh, uh, Has there been anything rude or terrible said to you, you know, when you were coming up as a commentator by an ex-player? Uh, What's the worst thing being a non-cricketer commentator?
1: I was very lucky that in my early years in broadcasting, I met some wonderful people. I mean, I I met people like Michael Holding. And can you imagine, there is (laughs) the Michael Holding. And not once did Michael Holding ever give me the impression that he was Michael Holding and I was only Hatshah. You know, so you remember with gratitude people like these in your early years. Yes, in my later years, people have said things to me and people have done things to unsettle me. But overall I am I am so blessed to be doing what I'm doing and why would I want to remember those? We were talking
0: about um the Ahmadmi, the common man, uh, you know, not getting a shot. Um, Siddhartha Vaithanathan. Yes. He says, you know, it's certainly out on T V and perhaps on radio too, unless FM channels are, you know, given the rights to ball by ball commentary or should these uh in a lack of a better word, amateurs um, should be uh, approaching Internet as the platform similar to what we have with Tesman Sofa. Uh,
1: now, no, Siddharth is, is a great example of of someone who has a wonderful way with words and understands his sport and, and has emerged as, as one of the finest young writers on, on cricket. Now, I... I if he is able to speak with the same felicity with which he writes, he'll, he'll be a prime candidate for a good ball-by-ball commentator on cricket. And that is why I keep saying that the, the, the medium for everybody is radio, not television. But on the subcontinent, radio, radio almost bequeaths its strength. Radio almost bows before television and says, thou art, uh, thou art the greatest and I am your humble servant and I will never compete with thee. You, you watch BBC Test Map Special, you listen to ABC Radio. Radio does something there that television cannot do, mm-hmm. which is to be friendly and chatty and not have breaks and keep telling the odd anecdotes. I mean, Kerry O'Keefe and me, there's a nine-minute clip on YouTube, though it's only on audio, just, just talking about a chili. But if you listen to that clip, you will notice that not one ball has been missed in it. Now, similarly, if, Radio stations in India or radio stations overseas are allowed to do ball-by-ball commentary. And I'm not even talking about spoofs. I'm not even talking about irreverent, irreverent stations that are there only to take the mickey out of people. But solid, serious ball-by-ball commentary, I would be the happiest person in the world. But radio in India are, uh, abstains from that responsibility. So there's, there's very little we can do in India. But overseas, yes. And I, I see the Internet as a wonderful medium from that point of view because we've already seen that some of the sharpest, finest, most uh, informed writing is coming from people who are sifting through numbers and coming up with, uh, with with compelling articles on the Internet. A lot of what I read on the Internet is better than what I read in the mass media. So maybe as, as the Internet grows, as the bandwidth grows, as, as things like Twitter and Facebook and blogs grow even more, maybe someone can set up their, their own station. I, I don't know what the legality is, but I'm, I'm sure of, of, of offshore. People should be allowed to do it because radio doesn't contribute that much to the overall revenue in the first place.
0: What is your uh, take on fan experience? I mean, you know, you do on radio. You have done. You, you do on TV, and obviously, uh, TV has a lot more interruptions. Uh, not only for the commentators, but especially for the fans. You know, you have the L-shaped ads. Um, it's as one of the uh, earlier guests on the show said, you know, it's as if we have a cricket match amongst a barrage of commercials. Um, What's your take on that? Uh, Doesn't the the, uh, cricket fan, I'm not just saying Indian fan, doesn't doesn't the cricket fan everywhere deserve a better deal than this?
1: There are two sides to the argument, and I'll present both to you. And I'll leave it to you to make a judgment call on it. One is that all, all sport has to make money. Just as all pharmaceutical companies have to make money, just as all infrastructure companies have to make money, just as all governments have to make money. Sport has to make money. And money in sport comes from three areas. It comes from gates, which is increasingly becoming a smaller share of the pie. It comes from, uh, from sponsorship, the shirts that people wear, the, uh, the ads that uh, ring the perimeter of the ground, and it comes from television rights. And more and more, the lion's share of the revenue comes from television rights. For example, the moment Sky bought the rights at, at a huge figure yeah. in England, it allowed the counties to spend much more money on developing cricket and building up infrastructure. So the television money that comes in can be put to some to very good use. So it's, I can understand why cricket boards want to maximize, maximize revenue. But what happens is if you only maximize revenue at the cost of quality, it means you're putting a very high price on the rights. Now, television companies are not in the business of losing money. So the moment television companies buy the rights at that price, I mean, the Champions League is a billion. The IPL is well over over a billion. The World Cup rights are over a billion dollars. Now, the moment you've committed that kind of money, you have to get it back. Otherwise, television networks don't exist. And the only way you can get it back is through advertising. And that is why in India we have such a lot of advertising, because without that advertising, nobody will ever recover the amount of money they spend spent on rights. I believe there is a way out, and the way out is while making the big document, and Indian television is in the process of doing that, while making a big document, you say that no more than so much advertising should be allowed on screen, and the board should be happy to receive a slightly smaller amount because that will benefit the viewer who is, as I've been saying for 100 years, who is the, who is the major stakeholder in the game. So if boards, if networks are all willing to take a small cut in profits, If there is virtual legislation that you cannot have more than certain amounts, that much advertising, then yes, the viewer experience will increase. But if the rights amounts are so high, then television companies have no option but to bombard you with advertising. And so people are absolutely right. I mean, I watch television sometimes, and uh, I I always have uh, an alternate channel going because I watch the news or I watch something else because there is a barrage of advertising. But this is the reason there is that much advertising. So it's a chicken and egg thing, yeah.
0: People that have forked up the money, yes, they want to make returns on it. That's I completely understand that. Fill up whatever you want between the overs. You know, if you want, uh, like, uh, in IPL, they have had the uh, you know timeout, uh, strategic timeout. Right. Or in American television, where there are TV timeouts. Whatever you want to do. But when actual, between ball one and ball six, when the action is happening on the field, I have a pure bond with what's going on the field. As a fan, Could I have that... More? absolute pure bond and it's just, there's nothing between me and what's happening on the field and I don't want an L-shape ad coming in and intruding on my experience of cricket and that's where we are losing out as fans because we are losing out on the pure experience of cricket.
1: I, I, I could not agree more and I also, I'll go one step further and that is, I, I, I do a lot of commentary and I see what happens between overs and sometimes the nicest, most romantic, the most beautiful moments occur between overs. And that, and that is what viewers don't get to see with the amount of advertising. But there's one other factor, you know, which is if watching in India becomes a a fully paid channel. I mean, if you say, okay, I will pay so much money to watch cricket. And because I'm paying money to watch cricket, we will not put advertising on it. Which is what some people are discovering with HD in India. Or on people who have HD-compatible TV sets who are receiving the telecast in, in high definition, are, are paying extra money for high definition. They're, at least as of now, they're getting uh, the cricket with no commercials at all on it. Now, if people are willing to pay that kind of price, then they should be entitled to get cricket with, uh, with no commercials on it. And that will be the ultimate test for all those who complain about the amount of commercials. Are you willing to pay what people in, in say, uh, in, in England or in the U.S. are willing to pay for pay television to be able to get an ad-free telecast? And I think that option must exist at all times in India. That India must always put out, a, the entire world must always put out an ad-free telecast for people who are willing to pay the extra amount for an ad-free telecast. And then you have, you have the choice of what you want to see.
0: Fair. Um um, he has a question for you. Um, sure. How do you see the recent quote-unquote scandal with respect to your commentary colleagues, Sunil Gavaskar and uh, Ravi Shastri, and their contracts being managed by BCCI, and it was also reported that, you know, there was a similar deal um, with you, but it fell through. What is your opinion on it?
1: I, you know, in, in countries like Australia... And in England, they give out the television rights. Say in Australia, they give it out the Channel 9, they give it out the Fox television. In, in the UK, it used to be BBC and Sky, uh, Channel 4 for a while, it's only Sky now. And once they give out the television rights, the producers of the telecast then become the, uh, the, the uh, channels who have been sold the rights. In India, the BCCI is the producer, and, and the BCCI has opted to become the producer. And and that is the reality in India at the moment, that if the BCCI is the producer of the telecast, and then the BCCI gives it out to a channel to put it out on air, then the BCCI will contract commentators. Now, I have have not been told yet, but that contract never actually came into being. I have not been told what to say and what not to say yet. Now, I do not know if people who are on that contract are told, say this or don't say this. So I, I can't comment on what they are told, whether to say X or and Y or not say X and Y. But I am not being told yet. Fair enough.
0: Uh, but should that even exist?
1: Yeah, that's a question of the BCCI to decide whether they want to be producers of the contract. I believe there should be independent. Uh, but that, that is a call that the BCCI will take. I think it is it is a call that is financially more viable for them. So that is a call that they have taken. Okay. Okay. Um. You know, I I believe I believe, it, I, I believe it from the point of view of the viewer, it should be independent. But you know, in India, a news channels make up for all make up for all anyway. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: the bond between a commentator and uh, the fan, uh, yeah. in my opinion, and a lot of other uh, you know uh, cricket viewers, is weakening. Is uh, is uh, its weakest since ever? Um, you know, you have commentators plugging Kamal catches and maximums and all that stuff. Um, What we are getting is it actually what's happening. It's been accused uh, by many fans that a lot of the commentators, Now I'm not saying all of them, a lot of the commentators are just one step away from being cheerleaders for the respective countries uh, and the teams. Um, So the the bond of trust between the fan that's listening to – you know, the action being described by the commentator, is he actually getting the real truth?
1: And you're in, and, and are entitled to ask that, ask that question. I was, I was quite surprised that for all the criticism that came India's way, I, I saw the Gatorade boys as, the, as a call for drinks in Australia this year. And it's time for the Gatorade boys, but that's what Australia did. I think you will find that this will go back to what I was talking about, generating revenue for rights holders. If they find that they're falling short on revenues, they will find newer and newer ways of of generating revenue, and therefore branding during a cricket match, branding on the telecast will increase. Now, at that what at what position do you draw the line? When the deal of maximums came in, we found that some people were game and that some people didn't like it, and it was very apparent that who uh, who was game and who didn't like it. But I still believe that. You're branding a section of the telecast. It's not the best way, but the line has to be drawn where commentators do not become salespeople. And I, I remember being given a sheet of paper once, and I, I called up uh, someone in the IPL and said, look, I'm not a salesperson. I cannot read out product specifications. I cannot make brand promises on air. And to be fair to them, they promptly called back and said, you're not supposed to do that. You will not allow that because we are not brand spokesmen. So it is okay to say in, in their view, and that is a contract you sign, either you say I will not do commentary or you will sign saying I'm okay to say a DLF maximum or an MRF blimp or uh, or, a, or a carbon Kamal catch. But then if you're told to say, listen, Carbon Mobile is the finest phone in the world and it is much better than a Nokia phone, then I think that is where you have to draw the line. Hmm. But I, but I agree. You know what I think. I, I genuinely do believe that it comes down to the uh, to to revenue considerations. That if everyone wants revenue at the sake of the viewing experience, then he, you will get this, and you will get more of this.
0: I mean, uh, in in all this, the fans are the ones that are continuing to get shafted. You know, whether it's the know, BCCI, the it's the. India,
1: Fans in India are the least complaining fans in India, are the least complaining fans in the world. As Ian Chappell told me once, he said every time a fan complains or every time a cricketer complains, remind them that the ultimate power belongs to the fan because there are two buttons on a remote control that nobody else has control over. One is the mute button and one is the red button that switches it off. The ultimate power belongs to the fan. And I think if the fans start to exercise their power, then they will start to get what they want.
0: So you mean to say, if if you're an Indian fan and want to watch cricket, you have to get shafted?
1: I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm saying this is the reality at the moment, and you have the power of either muting it or you're the power of not watching. But till such time as we put revenue first, we will get to see more of this. I'm not. I'm not defending it. I'm saying this is what. This is where the world will go. And I'm going further to say this will not will happen. This not this is not happen only in India. This will happen everywhere in the world. It's already started to happen. I, I've never seen the drinks bag branded in Australia ever before, and I saw it this time already.
0: That's a pretty depressing thought to have as a fan. You it know. is.
1: It is. I mean, we got a lot of criticism in the IPL from England and Australia for the BLS maximums, and all of a sudden, the moment the revenue opportunity emerged, they did not have the corporate boys bringing out the drinks. So all I'm saying is because in India the revenue opportunities are so many, the the markets are so huge, people are exploiting that. The moment the revenue opportunities come up somewhere else, I'd love to see a, a, a broadcast executive look at revenue opportunity in the eye and say, no, I will not do it. All right. I'm, and I'm, don't I... get me wrong. I'm not, no, I'm, no, 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 I understand. I'm telling you, this is the reality of today. It is Whether you like the reality or not, that is the reality. It's, it's like saying, you know, this is the, you know, the kind of political candidates you have.
0: I suppose uh, fans have to sacrifice watching cricket, uh, especially in India or India, Matches featuring India for any sort of change to
1: happen. Then possibly, I I don't know, but I'm I'm an eternal optimist. This, this might change too. I mean, if if, if uh, fan support builds up, this might change too. But you, you don't know. I mean, when uh, when, when Shahrukh Khan said Korbo, God, Bollywood, Bollywood" on uh, on prime television, and all the stadium was singing, that was better television too. And and to a lot of people, that actually added to the uh, general entertainment that the idea was providing.
0: You've been in this business for, what, 20? years. 20 years. years. <laughs>
1: um,
0: when you look back, do you see change in how you commented on the game? You know, do you go home every day and play the uh, recording from the day and see, oh, you know, I should have said this there, I said that there, you know? Do you do any auto-corrections?
1: No, but I have, the, uh, but, but there are people who will let you know. And there are people, you must listen to the people you trust. And ideally, that is a producer's job, you know. A good producer will tell you, listen, just go a little slow, you're going too fast again, or just drop your volume a little bit, you're going too high. Good producers do that. And... For some, uh, and it's it, you know a lot of the new producers coming up in India are in awe of the commentators. And I keep telling them, you cannot be. It's your show. Sure. But sometimes they're in awe of the commentators. And Sanjay Madhav who worked on Sky told me what what a different experience he had there because the producer is still the boss. And I believe in every telecast, it is not the commentator who is the boss, but the producer who is the boss. The producer must decide the content, and the producer must say, hang on guys, we're enough on this topic. Let's move on. You know, and that will that is what will make a good telecast. Now in my case, if I had a good producer, I would listen to the producer. My best broadcasting is with a good producer. But sometimes I will listen to the telecast. Sometimes my wife will tell me, Listen, just, just be a little careful. Sometimes you'll get these little tweets. I, I do follow everything that I get on Twitter and suddenly <laughs> one of them suddenly one of them will strike a chord, you know. It might be said very rudely or whatever, but it'll suddenly strike a chord. I said, Shit, yeah, that's right. So I I try and uh, I, I try and keep that in mind.
0: You know, you've had the uh, opportunity to share the commentary box with legends of the game. You know, uh, in Chapel and
1: the legends of the playing game, and also legends of broadcasting. Both
0: commentary, especially cricket commentary, is a lot of uh, you know. There's a give and take, there's an ebb and flow in there is you know between the commentators, the the chemistry between them, which are the ones that you have been most comfortable doing commentary with and the most enjoyable ones.
1: I I don't normally cop out of situations because I don't like doing that. But I was asked this question once and I answered it very honestly, and it created the, and and there were some people who didn't like a very innocent answer. So I I decided that day that this life is too short to uh, to to allow things like that to happen. So with your permission, I'm going to do a cop out on this. So if someone said I I don't like I don't like working with Harsha for a very valid reason, you know I don't like working with Harsa. I mean it's I, I don't like. He talks to my and give me an opportunity. I, I'm I'm okay with that, but not everyone is. So I'm. Uh, I, there, there are some people I love working with. And almost everyone I love working with, but the but I did explain what kind of people I liked working with, and it was completely misconstrued by some people. So I'm not going down that path. It was a very forgettable experience from me I'm not going down that path.
0: Fair enough. I mean, you're the guest. I mean, I asked the question. If you can't, if you can't answer yeah, it, I've if you can't answer tell, it, I can't put
1: it. Someone a... come hard at me in such a pleasant manner before.
0: Even I can't put a gun to your head and say, no, no, no. You have to answer it. So, I
1: don't. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'd I like to be that happy boy yeah, there, so, yeah. but not everyone is. You did
0: ABC Grandstand uh, two tour, and now you did it in t- 2011, uh 12. Meanil. She wants to know what were your favorite moments from these two uh, stints. And also, before, listener listener, Rastapopoulos, he, uh, he wants you to know that he absolutely enjoyed your stint in the recent Australia-India series as well.
1: You know, I, I first did ABC in, in 91 92 I, Because of a problem with flights and getting foreign exchange in India, one day I had a book on what it was to travel abroad in 1991. But with problems with foreign exchange and getting clearances and whatever, I actually landed in Brisbane at about 8:15 in the morning for 11 o'clock start for the game, and literally had a shower and went straight to the ground. And the style in a style on the ABC was completely different from anything I'd ever done before. Uh, for example, they had there a scorer next, but the scorer would only sort of give you little things, or you ask the scorer, but you did commentary off the scoreboard. And I've never done that before. And Gabba, the scoreboard is far away. The numbers are a bit small. I was wide-eyed watching Jim Maxwell just do commentary off the scoreboard, like you know, like I would never be able to do. But throughout the 91-92 the support I got from the ABC as a, as as a young broadcaster, feeling its way around, was was mind-blowing. And which is why till today I'm I'm completely grateful to the ABC for seeing me through that phase. And that is why I go back every four years to the commentary on ABC because. I believe I owe them a debt uh though that's i mean that it's, it's been twenty years now so but I just enjoy going back there. I find the style has, has not changed the style is as chatty as ever uh you're entire you're allowed to have your point of view without you know, asking you not to say certain things there's extraordinary amount of freedom you can you are allowed your sense of humor you're allowed your space it's very 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 professional i mean i I remember uh, something i Kerry uh, karaoke was Talking to me about Skippy the Kangaroo. And I said, Kerry, I grew up in a television era where we had Doordash on single channel. I never know what Skippy the Kangaroo is. And I said, I mean, I said, can I ask you what uh, 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 Jungle Jungle Patachala Cheddi Benga Fool said? You don't know. And I literally said this on air. And, you know, we're, we're laughing it off. And, and while he's talking about Skippy the Kangaroo, the, the sound engineer quickly plays out the soundtrack from Skippy the Kangaroo. I mean, that's how good the sound maybe is. He's quickly pulled it out from somewhere, he's played it out, and karaoke starts humming along to the soundtrack of Kippy the Kangaroo without missing a ball. So I, I think that is what makes working on the ABT such such a, such a great pleasure. So, yeah, I absolutely enjoy, I enjoyed it in 91, and I enjoyed it just as much in, uh, in 2011.
0: You mentioned the freedom to express your views and your opinions and your thoughts. Uh, some questions have come in. Do you feel that... You know, being an Indian commentator uh, com- and having the passionate fan base there is and BCC on one side and everything else on the other side, um, do you feel you do not have the same kind of freedom to express your opinions? Because some some folks want to know, why does, this might be damning, I'm s- sorry to say, but why is Hasha, okay. bogle, hasha bogle a ha- fence sitter? You know,
1: why wouldn't he... St- I'll, tell you why. Issue. I'll tell you why, because I'm accused of exactly the opposite sometimes, of taking too hard a stance on something. I took a very hard stance on sledging, for example. And some people say, oh, he's taking a very, very hard stance. I took a very hard stance on fitness of, of certain players. I took a very hard stance on Indian, on, on Indian domestic cricket. I've been taking a very, very hard stance on Indian domestic cricket on the 27 teams to the extent that people... I, I'm often wondering if I'm repeating the same things again and again. I take very hard stances on those. But what people want from me is to be somebody I'm not. People want me to get up and, and take names, and people want me to say things in... I, I, I like to use the language as, as delicately as, as I can. I, I enjoy the English language. So, But people very often want me to say things that they want to say. Well, it cannot be. everybody is different. You can't, you can't tell Amitabh Bachchan to speak like Salman Khan. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm this or someone else is that. It's just that we are, we are different people. I take a very strong stance in my writing. I don't always take as strong a stance in my broadcasting because I don't see that as being my role. My role is a facilitator on a broadcast. So I don't see myself playing that role on in, in broadcasting. When it comes to writing it's my byline, it's my point of view i'm a i'm a single player in writing I'm a double player in broadcasting so I'm a single player my point of view in writing is much stronger than my point of view in broadcasting and that is for a reason
0: even even with your columns on say Crickinfo or Yahoo or elsewhere people feel asha doesn't just he doesn't cross that line
1: but it's a new it's a new generation the new generation is uh is 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 a very irreverent generation. They're happy to call things as they are. But they can't accept everyone else. I'm not that kind of person. I mean, a, a, a Rishikesh Mukherjee, we cannot make a Quentin Tarantino film, right? <laughs> so if you want Quentin Tarantino, you see Quentin Tarantino films. If you want to see Rishikesh Mukherjee, you see Rishikesh Mukherjee films. We, we all are made a certain way. I'm in this game, because I'm, I feel blessed every morning that I'm in this game. I'm deeply, I have a great sense kind of gratitude to the sport for allowing me the life it has given me. I enjoy this game enormously. I enjoy watching Shaki Bulla and I said nothing about. I, I enjoy watching Umar Gul and Mohammad Aziz and Yunus Khan, and I enjoy watching some of the Australian English players. But if you want me to take an us and them stance in a commentary box, it's not me because I don't like an us and them stance. I, I believe. Our job is not to influence minds strongly, but to convey the beauty of the game. I, I, I
0: completely get your point. And to address your uh, earlier thing, analogy, no, I, I don't think it, there would, there's one person anywhere that wants Amitabh Bachchan to be talking like Salman Khan.
1: <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> I, I said it, and then I quickly I saw guys on Twitter saying, "Ah, oh, so he thinks he's better
0: than When you are long uh, sitting along with these uh, ex for example, Ian Chapel, every single situation that happens on the field, you know, he has a story from yeah. his youth, from his playing days as his, uh, as a player, as a captain, and all that. Uh, what are some of the uh, your favorite anecdotes that you may have heard on air or off the air?
1: I I think think Ian Chappell is one of the best storytellers in in cricket, because he also has a way of telling a story. And he'll pause, suddenly something happens, and then he'll he'll restart his story. And that is why when you're working with Ian Chappell, sometimes you'll find that you may not speak a word at all in the entire over because he's telling the story, and he'll he'll pause with with the action, and he'll continue with the story. So there are some great stories. Jeff Boycott used to be a, a a good colleague to work with because he he gave as hard as he took. He, he he was willing to take. We came we gave him a hard time sometimes, but and he gave us a very hard time sometimes. But but that's okay because we got along the, we got along fairly well. So I, I think I think Chapelli is the best storyteller among all the television commentators. There are some extraordinarily good storytellers on radio because radio gives you the time. It gives you the space you know radio commentary is a bit is, is a bit like hockey it's, it's it's a flowing game whereas television commentary is is more like cricket it's a stop start game so as a television broadcaster you are your opportunity to tell a story are very limited. As a radio broadcaster, you can tell many more stories. And karaoke tells some unbelievable stories on uh, on radio.
0: Any favorite uh, memories to
1: share? Too many. Virtually one every single time I, I go on <laughs> uh, the opportunity. Can you can you imagine getting the opportunity to see extraordinary cricketing events happen in front of you? Having the opportunity to tell people what is happening and to get paid for it—it it must, it, I mean, in a very positive way, it's unfair, isn't it? I mean, often we say we talk about unfair things as being something that hurt us, but I mean, what what more can you want in life to see to see an entire Tendulkar career in front of you? Tendulkar did his first Test match in '89. I did one, but my career really started with covering the England tour in midday in 1990. i had done three Tests on All India Radio, Doordarshan, and all that before that. That's separate. But to see an entire career blossom and flower in front of you is, is something else. To to know and and watch people like, extraordinary people like Vivius Lakshman, Rahul Dravid, Anil Kumble, Saurav Ganguly, and see that whole uh, is, an, an unscripted career evolve in front of you is brilliant. I mean, I, I've, seen, I've seen Virat Kohli as a kid, and suddenly I'm seeing you know, someone who's made 12 international hundreds, and to see the growth and the development, you must be blessed to be able to be in that profession. Certainly.
0: Rahul Dravid, you uh, had written a very poignant uh, column after he announced his uh, retirement. And you just mentioned, I was going to ask you that, uh, you know, your career has basically run parallel to Tendulkar's, two of the finest craftsmen the the game has seen. Any favorite memories on field, off field?
1: Ah, so many, so many. uh, Please give us some. (laughs) With Tendulkar, with Tendulkar even more so, because how how many people, I I saw Tendulkar's first seven test hundreds, I think. Because don't forget his first One Day 100 only came about five years after he played his first test match mm-hmm. in '94, And I saw that first One Day 100 too. And then, you know, you've got to know these people because your career was running parallel with them. you got to travel with them a great deal. And even though I try not to get very personal with people because I, I, I think it will start affecting the way I do my broadcast, you still get to know them very well. You know them as family people. You meet their wives. You don't. You, you say hello to them. You smile with them. They share a thought with you. And that's happened with Rahul. It's happened, it happened with Saurav. It's, it's happened with Anil. And it's happened to a great extent with, with Sachin. I mean, I saw the I saw his first major major hundred at first and people stopped saying he's a young prodigy and started saying he's going to be one of the greats. And I I could I could list top of my head I could list ten great that I have seen. And how many people have the privilege Privilege to do that? Ravi's probably seen a lot more uh, cricket than I have over the last uh, last 10 or 12 years. But I've had the opportunity to seeing so many. I saw Raul Zravid score at 100 in 2002. Uh, I saw Raul Dravid turn the corner in England last year. I mean, is there a more romantic story than Raoul Dravid with a final flourish in England? I, I know in Australia he was struggling, but 300s in England. To see a standing ovation when he was going back after carrying his bat... And then to get a standing ovation when he came back in seven and a half minutes later to open the batting all over again, to see Tenduka get standing ovations everywhere he goes. You know, we talk about Indian crowds, but this year in England and Australia, I saw some extraordinary good manners from crowds to the visiting team. The English fans were... the Excellent to the likes of Dravid and Tendulkar, and Australia has always been in love with Tendulkar. When when Dravid walked back, he got a standing ovation. You know, these, these are some of the things that I've enjoyed watching as much as the action on the field. I mean, I saw the, I saw the standing ovation in Chennai for the Pakistan team. Didn't mm-hmm. get anything better than that. So, would and you... actually to have your own words describing the emergence of a standing ovation as the Pakistan team ran around, there's different sections of the crowd starting to stand up it 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 was like a respectable Mexican wave starting to happen
0: what are what are some of the most cherished moments for you as you know from the commentary box where you wish you know I wish I was in the stands when, when
1: i thought i'm uh, I should be in the stands yeah why in in India not even once because in India the commentary box is more comfortable than the stands <laughs> no no what <when> i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's a that's a fair. No, point. Uh, there have been moments when, for example, when India won the World Cup in 2011, I was in a studio in Delhi. I was given anything to have been in Bangalore, uh, to have been in in Bombay at the Wankhede Stadium while it was happening. But you can't, you don't get everything. I was, I was in a studio. I was doing the build-up show, the wraparound shows. I did every single match of the World Cup, which is an honour in itself. So, but that that was one moment I would have definitely like to be on air, calling it as it happened. I wouldn't have mind. I would have loved uh, being in the stands uh, when you was getting the six sixes or when, in, when India won that nail-biting finish, I was in a studio while all that was happening. So, yeah, there, there are those moments when it much harder being the stands and behave irrationally, uh, whereas uh, when, you're, when you're behind a microphone or in front of a camera, you always have to have a rational side to you.
0: One last question. Um, Shrikant wants to know that he remembers you, you mentioning a while ago that you wanted to set up a site uh, which will become a repository of all the right things you've ever done. And what came off that, whether you're still keen on the project?
1: I, I am, you know, but, uh, but Subhash, I, I, you know, there's some people who are able to say no to things, but while that gene was being given around, I wasn't there. So I, I'm not able to say no, and as a result, I'm doing far too many things to be able to set up a blog where I can put in every single article I've ever written. I don't think I'll ever find them. Because uh, some of my old laptops and the old computers, I don't know if I'll be able to retrieve some of the stuff, some of it has has had backups, but i'm I'm, I'm completely challenged technologically. I, I've only just got a touch phone and I'm struggling with the touch phone because wherever I hold it, it activates something. <laughs> so, you know, if, if i if I hold it, in my fingers on the front, it, it seems to activate all kinds of things. If I hold it on the side, it gets extended. the camera comes on. I'm technologically challenged, but I don't know if I'll be able to do that. But one day I will. One day I will. I'll I'll try and put all that all my video blogs, for example, on uh, that that on on that YouTube channel there's 18 blogs there. Uh, try and put all those on one place. Maybe maybe someday.
0: It's hard to believe you you're technically cha- technologically challenged, but <laughs> very
1: very very
0: very. All right. Um, on that note, Harsha. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you so much for uh, coming no, on the no show. No, no worries, no worries, And all those guys who think I'm too mild, tell them to go and watch Quentin Tarantino films.
0: <laughs> I will. I certainly will. Okay. Thanks a lot. Well, take care, my Bye. Bye. Oh, friend. well. The story, what an innings this is, what are units is being slaughtered, Couch Talk.